if you would, to uh, Judges chapter 7. Judges chapter 7. Um, I, I, love, I love that song. He never changes. And <clears throat> one of the things that I love about preaching out of the Old Testament is the fact that the same God of the Old Testament is the same God we serve today. He, he never changes. And he is all-powerful then, and he is all-powerful now. And uh, I am so very thankful for that. Judges chapter 7, well, we'll be there in a minute, but I want to start off by doing a little, kind of, not really a review, but last week we started talking about Gideon. And, you know, our, 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 our theme this year is resolved. And uh, Gideon was a man who struggled with his faith. Um, God had to uh, really take him and show him some things. And we talked about that last week. Um, but there, as I was studying, I came across a couple facts that I found was interesting about the book of Judges. And that is that, uh, or, or the, the, the story of, uh, of, of uh, Gideon. And that is that in the book of Judges, more scripture is dedicated to Gideon than any of the other judges. I just found that to be interesting. Uh, and then that Gideon is the only judge that God really gives us a look into his, his struggle, his, his inner struggle. And <clears throat> last week we, we, we talked about the obstacles, some of the obstacles that Gideon had to come o- uh, get over in his spiritual life. Uh, you know, it, it, our faith is something that we just don't wake up one morning and just and turn it on. Um, it is a, it is oftentimes a struggle that we have to go through that God uses to for for a number of reasons. But um, last week we looked at four four obstacles that that Gideon had to get over uh, before God could take him from being a, a a farmer to being a national hero. Uh, and and those four struggles were these: uh, Does God really care? And God had to answer that in Gideon's heart, in his life. The second obstacle was, does, does God know what he's doing? Will God take care of me? And then the fourth obstacle that he had to get over was, does God keep his promises? And those are four very real obstacles that Gideon had to get over, but then the, the reality is oftentimes we have to get over those same obstacles. And, and as we'll see here, Gideon's not quite there yet. He's not quite there yet. Uh, Warren Wiersbe wrote this about Gideon. Gideon learned a valuable lesson that day. Uh, <clears throat> uh, if he learned, uh, excuse me, if, if he obeyed the Lord, even the fear in his heart, uh, the, uh, even with fear in his heart, the Lord would protect him and receive the glory. I think that one of the reasons <clears throat> that the, the, the story of Gideon is so uh, appealing to many people is the fact that Gideon accomplished the, the impossible because of faith. And I think that that's where all of us would like to be one day. 
we would like to accomplish the impossible in our lives. But that only comes when we learn to reach out in faith. Judges chapter 7, let's read verses 1 through 3. Then Jerubbabel, who is Gideon, and all the people that were with him, <clears throat> rose up early and pitched beside the well of Herod, so that the host of the Midianites were on the north side of them by the hill Moriah. And, the and in the valley. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people that are with thee are too many for, <clears throat> for me to give the Midianites into thine hand, lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, Mine own hand hath saved me. Now therefore go to the people, uh, uh, excuse me, go to proclaim uh, in the ears of the people, saying, Whatsoever is fear, whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead. And they returned of the people twenty and two thousand, and there remain ten thousand. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love. And Lord, as we look at this incredible guy, uh, this incredible person, uh, Gideon, Lord, we ask that you would speak to our hearts and that you would challenge our thinking. And Lord, help us to see that he was just a common guy that learned how to grow in his faith. Help us, dear God, this morning to walk with you. <clears throat> For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Now we see in, in verse 1 that uh, they, they gave him the name Jerubbabel. And I, I, someone asked me last week about that and I so you know what? I, I don't know. I hadn't really noticed that. But I looked it up to, uh, this week, and Jerubbabel means, uh, <clears throat> um, or Jerubbabel was given to him uh, because uh, he had destroyed the altar of Baal. So if you look at the name Jerubbabel, you'll see the name Baal at the end of it. And, and so that's why he was given the name uh, Jerubbabel, because he had uh, destroyed the, the altar of Baal. So I, I found that to be interesting as well. Um, but simply put, Gideon becomes an overcomer. He overcame his fear. And there has been a lot of criticism through the years. I've, I've heard preachers uh, uh, criticize Gideon uh, many, many times because, because he, he asked God uh, for, for signs, for the, for the fleas. He asked for a sign. Uh, and, and God over and over and over patiently demonstrated and showed Gideon that he was going to be there for him. And Gideon became an overcomer because he was willing to allow God to grow his faith. The title of my message this morning is a challenge really to all of us, and that is becoming an overcomer. Becoming an overcomer. If we are to become, uh, to be an overcomer uh, and not be overcome, it is going to be because of some principles we can learn this morning. It is so easy in our world today with all the stuff that's going on around us in our crazy world today. 
It is so easy for us to become to be overcome with all of this stuff. And and when we do that, uh, a lot of things can 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 drag us down, and we can be become uh, distracted with so much. But Gideon chose not to be overcome by the situation, but to become an overcomer. And I want to give you some principles this morning that I think should be a help to you in being an, becoming an overcomer. The first one is we must understand God will test our faith. God will test our faith. I, uh, uh, it has been said, I've, I've, I've read this quote many, many times. I don't know that I've ever shared it with you, but I, I've seen it. I've, I've, I've read it many times, but it, it, this is it. It is uh, a faith that cannot be tested, cannot be trusted. A faith that cannot be tested, cannot be trusted. You know, it's one thing to think or to say, hey, I've got faith. But it's another thing to live that faith and to put your faith and trust in faith. Now, I don't know if you realized it, but all of you have exercised faith multiple times this morning. And let me demonstrate, let me illustrate it to you this way. Every time that we stood up to sing a song and you sat down, you demonstrated faith that that chair was not going to break underneath you. Right? Because if you really you analyze it down, boil it down, it takes faith to sit in a chair. But why do we not think about it? Because you've done it so many times, you just have the faith that that chair is going to hold you up. But how many of you have ever sitting in a chair that's collapsed on you? Okay? It shakes you, doesn't it? I remember one time when on the construction site one day I was standing on a on a ladder and it just it just gave out poof that's have you that yeah you've done it that's a scary thing isn't it <laughs> but see faith is not this warm fuzzy feeling that we get that everything is going to be okay no sometimes. Faith says, follow me into the unknown. And that's where it gets scary. J.G. Stipe wrote this. I, I read this and I thought, okay, I get it. But I, anyway, I want to share with you. I, I really like this quote. Uh, Faith is like a toothbrush. Okay, everybody should have one and use it regularly. But it isn't safe to use someone else's. <laughs> okay? And, and the point is this. <clears throat> I cannot live on someone else's faith. I have to have my own faith. Uh, you know, my, I, I cannot rely on, on my wife's faith, and she cannot rely on my faith. I need my own and if you're familiar with the book of Judges, there's a, there's a cycle that we see in the book of Judges that 
as 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 a God would bring a judge like Gideon uh, into uh, uh, the lives of the children of Israel, and he would do some miraculous thing like we're about to read, the children of Israel would live for God. But as soon as that person died, what would happen? They they'd fall back into sin and they'd start worshiping uh, Baal again. Turn over in uh, chapter 8, in verse 33. Judges chapter 8, verse 33. And it came to pass, as soon as Gideon was dead, the children of Israel turned again and went a-whoring after Balaam and made Bathoreth their god. So what happened? As soon as he died, what, what was the problem? They had their faith in Gideon, not in God. And as soon as Gideon was dead, their faith was dead. And God wants you to have your own faith in Him. Not in me, not in a spouse, not in anybody, but in Him. I believe that God will test our faith for two reasons. Well, actually, there's probably more than two, but two just popped on the top of my head. The first one is to show us whether our faith is real or counterfeit. Sometimes God will put us to the test to, to show us in our hearts whether our faith is real or it's not real. The second reason I think sometimes God will test our faith is to strengthen our faith. God will oftentimes bring us through difficult situations to strengthen our faith. And that's what he does with Gideon. The whole story of Gideon, uh, chapter 6, 7, and 8, are awesome reminders to us that God is, is always going to be trying to work on our faith. And Gideon starts off being a farmer and he comes to him and he says, Hey, I'm gonna you, you are gonna be a great man of valor. And Gideon says, Who, me? And then God does some things in his life and he and he demonstrates his strength and his power in Gideon's life. And eventually Gideon does something that is impossible. So let's talk about the first test. God will test our faith. Test number one, letter A, the first test. Look at verse three. And now therefore go and proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whosoever is uh, fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from uh, uh, from Mount Gilead. And there returned of the people 20 and 2,000, and there remain at 10,000. As I, as I read this, I thought, you know, if, if I had been Gideon, my, the first thing that would have popped into my head was, wait a minute, we have too many? I mean, that, that would have been my thought. 
here you have 32,000 Israelites against countless numbers of the enemy. Countless. And I could I can just feel Gideon's stomach drop to his feet. Have you ever ever heard been felt like that? Kind of kind of like what Cassie says, sometimes a phone call or a conversation and just boom, you just all the blood drops out of your head and your stomach drops to the ground and you just feel horrible. That's how I kind of picture Gideon going, uh 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 too many. But what was God doing? He was testing his faith. He was growing his faith. And I, I dare say not just the his faith, but I believe the faith of the remaining 10,000. Victories won by faith will always point people to God. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 and following says, For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God had chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God had chosen the weak things of the world to confound uh, the things which are mighty and base things of the world. And things which are uh, despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. Acts chapter 4 and verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uh, unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled. And they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. See, God wants to use the simple things of life to do great things. That's why he did not, he did not call a warrior to deliver Israel. He called a farmer. And he equipped a farmer to do something impossible. John Wesley wrote this, uh, I, I think he may have been thinking about Gideon's uh, uh, army when he wrote this. <clears throat> but John Wesley, uh, back in, I want to say the 1700s, I could be wrong, uh, but he lived a long time ago. Uh, he said this, he said, Give me a hundred men who fear nothing but sin and love nothing but God, and I will shake the gates of hell. The first test, narrowing it down to 10,000. So we're, let's look at the second test. <clears throat> Verses 4 through 6, And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people are yet too many. Bring them down in, uh, unto the water, and I will try them. Or, or the word try there is literally mean test them. Okay, I will try them uh, for thee there. And it shall be that of whom I say unto thee, this shall go with thee, the same shall go with thee. And whosoever I say unto thee, this shall not go with thee, the same shall not go. 
So he brought down the, the people unto the water. And the Lord said unto Gideon, Every one that lappeth of the water with his tongue, as a dog lappeth him, shalt, shalt thou set by himself. Likewise, every one that bowed down upon his knees uh, to drink. The number of them that lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, were 300. But all the rest of the people bowed down upon their knees to drink the water. So the test is really pretty simple. God, God says, do this, Gideon. Take the people, take the, the 10,000 down to the, to the, to the water and, and tell them to drink. And those that get down on both knees and put their face in the water to drink, he said, mark those and put them, put them aside. He said, but those that get down on one knee, reach into the water and pull the water up and drink, he said, put those aside to the other side. The, the, the ones that knelt down on one knee and grabbed the water with one hand to drink were 300. Some theologians believe that God was trying to see uh, or, or, or test their alertness. And those that put their faces in the water were, were unaware of, of what was going on around them. But those that knelt down on one knee and kept their heads up and drank that way would be aware of what was going around them. And, and, that, and that could be. We don't know. We're not told. But that could be part of the test. Needless to say, God narrowed down from 32,000 to 10,000 to 300. First Samuel chapter 14, verse 6 says this, And Jonathan said to the young man that bear his armor, Come, let us go over unto the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for there is no restraint to God to save by many or by few. At the beginning of the service, and I had no idea that they were singing this, but they sang always the same. And the God of Gideon, and the God of Jonathan, and the God of Moses, and I could go on and on and on, is the same God we serve today. Many churches today are captivated by statistics. One of the things, I, I love going to pastor's conferences, but one of the things I hate about pastor conferences is pastors are always asking each other, well, well, how's your church doing? That is code for how many people go to your church. And, and, and we, we use that as some magical gauge by what God's doing in churches. And I, and I hate it. Because my God is the same God if there were 600 people sitting in, well, we couldn't get 600 people, but I think you know what I mean. Or there, were, or there was nobody here. 
My God is still the same. My God is still the same. As I was processing all of this, I I came up with this thought. If Gideon's faith had been the size of his army, the outcome of the battle would not have been good. See, our faith cannot be tied to our circumstances. Our faith cannot be tied to our bank accounts. Our faith cannot be tied to the people around us. Our faith has to be anchored in Jesus Christ. And that was, that was the place where Gideon, Gideon was getting. He wasn't quite there yet. We're going to see that here in a second. He wasn't quite there yet. But God knows our hearts. Amen? Again, faith says sometimes, <clears throat> follow me into the unknown. And we're only going to do that if our faith is our own. This point number two, we must not only understand God will test our faith. Number two, we must understand that God will assure our faith, reassure our faith. He is going to reassure us over and over and over that he is in control. Look at verse 9. And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, Arise and get thee down unto the host, for I have delivered it unto thine hand. But if thou fear, go down with uh, uh, Purah, thy servant, down to the host. And thou shalt hear what they say, And afterward shall thine hand be strengthened to go down unto the host. Then went he down with uh, Pera, his servant, unto the outside of the uh, armed men that were in the host. God wanted to help Gideon one more time. Up until this time, God had answered Gideon's prayers. He had given him signs, but he knew that Gideon was still fearful in his heart. That Gideon was was probably willing to do what God wanted him to do, but he was still fearful. And God wanted to take away all of the fear in Gideon's heart. And not only in Gideon's heart, but probably the 300 men that were with him. Because you have to understand, the 300 men that were with him were not professional soldiers. At this time, uh, Israel had no standing army. More than likely, most of these guys were, were uh, uh, farmers like Gideon was and, 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 and shepherds. But God wanted to reassure Gideon's faith. So let's look at letter A. God gives Gideon another sign. 
He gives him another sign. He says, he, God comes again and he says, hey, go down to the, to the enemy's army. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I've already prepared it. You're going to be safe. I want you to go down and, and listen to what they say. And if you're scared, take your servant with you. So what does he do? He's like, okay, come with me. <laughs> you know, why? Because he's scared. Wouldn't you be? So what does he do? He goes down and he overhears a conversation that takes place between two soldiers. One of the soldiers has a dream. <clears throat> Look at verse 14. <clears throat> and the fellow uh, uh, answered and said, okay, so, they, so they, one, one of the soldiers has a dream. The other one uh, is, is talking in verse 14. And the fellow answered and said, uh, this is nothing else save the sword of Gideon and the son of Joash, uh, uh, Gideon, the son of Joash, uh, a man of Israel, for into his hand hath God delivered uh, the Midian <clears throat> and all the host. So what was what was taking place? These two soldiers were sitting there. One of them has a dream. The other one interprets it and says, look, dude, we don't have a chance. God's already delivered us into Gideon's hands. What an incredible, incredible thought. God had told Gideon, hey, if you'll go down and listen, your hand will be strengthened. Letter B, let's look at Gideon's response. Look at verse 15. And was so, when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and the interpretation thereof, that he worshipped and returned unto the host of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord hath delivered into uh, uh, your hand the host of Midian. Gideon's response. Gideon's response, it is significant to me that the very first thing Gideon does is praise and worship God. Now, it's sad to me that up until this point, you re- we really don't see any of that going on. After, after, the, after God uh, 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 gives him a sign and then, and then uh, does the two things with the fleece and, and d- does all this stuff, God, now he may have, it's just not given to us. But here... Gideon is so overcome with thankfulness that the first thing he does is stop and give praise and honor to God. Joshua, those of you that are familiar with the story, uh, did the same thing after the fall of Jericho. In Joshua chapter 5, verses 13 to 15, it says, And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked and behold there stood a man over against him and with a sword drawn in his hand and Joshua went unto him and said unto him art thou for us or for our adversary and he said nay but as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come and Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith the Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord of hosts said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place 
whereon thou standest is holy ground. And Joshua did so. That kind of sounds a little familiar, what happened to Moses, doesn't it? But what, what the, the point is this. When God works in our lives, we need to be quick to give praise and worship to Him. It needs to be a natural reflex in our lives that when God is working in our lives, that we give praise and worship to Him. Being an overcomer, we first, we must understand that God will test our faith. God will reassure our faith. And then thirdly and in closing, God will bless our faith. God will bless our faith. Look at verse 19. So Gideon and 300 men that were with him came unto the outside of the camp in the beginning of the middle watch. And they had been uh, newly set, the watch. And they blew the trumpet and brake the pitchers that were in their hands. And the three companies blew trumpets and brake pitchers and held the lamps in their uh, left hands and their trumpets in their right hands and blew with all. And they cried, "The, the sword of the Lord Uh, and of Gideon. And they stood every man in his place round about the camp, and all the hosts ran and cried and fled. And the three hundred blew the trumpets, and the Lord set every man's sword against his fellow, even throughout all the host. And the the host fled to, uh, I don't know, somewhere. And and they went somewhere else anyway. <clears throat> I don't know how to say those words. <clears throat> um, the point is this: God had so keyed up the ar- the enemy's army that as soon as Gideon and his three hundred men blew their trumpets and broke the pitchers and the lights shined around the valley. They were so scared that they didn't know what was going on and they started killing each other. Did you notice that the 300 men didn't move? They just stood there. One, one hand had a, had a lamp with a pitcher on it, which was broken, and one had a trumpet. And they just stood there blowing their trumpets and yelling, the sword of the Lord in in of Gideon. What does faith say? Faith sometimes says, you know what? I need to take you somewhere you've not ever been before. And faith says, okay, God, I'll do it. And there are times along the way that God will reassure us and grow our faith just like he did Gideon. But the reality is this. The victory would never have been won if back at the wine press where Gideon was sifting wheat and the Lord came to the, the angel of the Lord came to Gideon 
and said, hey, I want you to do something great. Your faith isn't quite where I need it to be, and I'm going to grow your faith over the next few weeks. But I need you to do something great. Had Gideon dug his heels in and said, you know what? Get someone else. I'm not going to do it. You know what? God would have gotten someone else. And Gideon would have missed an incredible blessing. So often in our lives, we want to dig in and say, God, I like my life the way it is. I don't want to to go and do. I want to just stay right here and be content. Faith is much more than simply trusting God. It is learning how to seek Him. It's learning how to wait on His timing. And it is also a desire to serve Him. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. But without faith, it is, it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Through the patient leading of God in Gideon's life, Gideon's faith grew. And because because Gideon was willing to let God grow his faith, his 300 men followed him. Do you think do you think they were scared when and Gideon comes to them and says, Hey, you know, go put your swords back in your tents. Here, I got a trumpet for you and a lamp with a pitcher on it. We're gonna go win this thing. <laughs> what would you be thinking? Are are you nuts? But what happened? They could see what God had done in Gideon's life. And they said, you know what? We think you're a little on the loony side, but I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow you. See, that's what faith does. And if there's ever been a time in our world where people around us need to see us living by faith, it's today. Earlier I said that I think that one of the reasons that Gideon's story is so uh, exciting and and appealing to us is because he accomplishes the impossible through faith. His story is is, is what we can say is, is faith in action. And that's appealing to us. Why? Because most of us would love to do that. But it's the initial step that we need to take. And God says, you know what? I want you to do the impossible. And you think, but wait a minute. No, no, no. 
No, 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 no. I have a family to support. I have this, I have that. And, and we can make excuses all day long. And God says, hey, I need you to do the impossible. Faith. We may not fully understand God's plan for our lives, but we can fully trust and believe that God has a plan. We don't have to know what it is. We just need to learn to trust. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love and for the work you do in our lives. And Lord, you are so good to us, so kind, so gracious. And Lord, as we look at the life of Gideon, we see that you used him to do the impossible. And Lord, we just ask that you would guide and direct in our lives. And Lord, it could be this morning that you are uh, touching the heart of someone here this morning and even saying, you know, maybe I got a job for you. Will you trust me? It could be this morning that that very thing is taking place in the heart of someone. And Lord, I do ask that as we uh, close our service that you would speak to our hearts and that you would encourage us and that you would strengthen us and that you would help us. Bless in a mighty way, Lord. For it's in Christ's name we pray.